ה' עמוד ב' ומ"ו עמוד א', סטטוס וסטטצ'ר, זרוע בשאלה ותנופה. It's as I was learning the, um, uh, the sugya this morning and the discovering the matron, I thought to myself how fortunate and blessed I am to be able to share it when one comes across things like this in the, in the Gemara. Uh, it's, it's so exciting and uh, to, to be able to immediately get together with some chaverim, uh, with people who are learning and to be able to share it is a wonderful bracha. So I thank you for that. Uh, and also for the people who are listening in other parts of the country, in other parts of the world, and each person uses it in, in different ways. Uh, the, uh, we're learning something that, that seems to be pretty irrelevant to most of us. Firstly, the dinim of Nazirut in general. And secondly, some of the specific things we're learning now, the korban, that the korbanot that the Nazir brings at the end of his Nazirut period, what, what, can, what can it say to us? How can it talk to us? And we say in the... In the Ava Rabo in the Brocha before, before Kriyashma, which is a Brocha for learning Torah. And, and we say, we ask Hashem, before we even before we even get to learning, put in our heart the ability to listen. Lishmoa means to hear the Torah talking to me. That's the piece that we often leave out in Torah. We study the Torah, but Lishmoa, to hear the Torah talking to me. What's it saying to me about my life? today. If we can't answer that, what are we learning? Uh, and to be able to go through these, these sugyas, and that's really part of the purpose of the Matmonim, isn't it? To, to learn how to extract this from pieces of Gemara that seem to be very technical and dry and not that, not that relevant. To be able to extract principles as, we, as we'll see today and have been over the, uh, always since we started the Matmonim. Uh, but certainly over these difficult sugyas in, in, in Nazir and earlier on in, in Nadorim. And as I say, different people get different things out of it. My son-in-law, Jared Duncan, in, in Washington, takes this and produces a weekly message to his team. He heads a, an international tax team for a large public company. And he turns the matmon into a, a message. He's used it to elevate the performance of his team. Uh, and it's red, it's on LinkedIn, one can see it there. It's, it's beautiful little pieces where he takes a... And you take, you're taking Gemaras from Nozir, you're taking ideas from the Korbanus of a Nozir, and you're using it to elevate the performance of your tax team around the world. That's what the power of Torah is, uh, if, we, if we access it and we use it, uh, the, the, way it can, the way it can be used. Um, and so today, as we look at the re-entry of the Nazi, we talked about the fact that the Nazi doesn't leave humanity, but he does leave society. And we've talked about the difference between society and, and humanity, and that we can choose our societies, but we can't choose whether to be part of humanity or, or, or not. The, um, the Nazi now re-enters society. And in that process of re-entry, we'll understand the difference between a person's status and a person's stature. Status is something that is given to you. It's given to you by society, or it's given to you by, uh, by your boss, or it's given to you by the Torah, Kohen, as a certain status. Um, but stature is something that one has built and earned oneself. And most people spend their lives building their status. And, uh, and very often their status is tied to their positions. And, and when they get to a retirement age and they leave their positions, they, leave, they lose their status and it causes illness. People find it very difficult to live. But if one has used one's life to build one's stature, then it doesn't matter. The status is not what makes you who you are. 
What makes you who you are is the stature. So is a nausea a status or is it stature? What, what is a nausea? And the nafkamina, the difference will be, what is he left with when the nazirus is over? If he's left with nothing and he returns to society as a normal human being, then nazirus was status. A kohen has status for permanently for, the, for his whole life and, and continues with his children. But a nazir is only for 30 days or for whatever length of time he took on the nazir. But what happens when the nazirus is over? That's what we explore in, in today's piece. Uh, and it starts with the, the Mishnah, where the Mishnah says... Um, one of the korbanot he has to bring at the end, one of the three korbanot, is an ashlamim, and it, it's, the, it's called the ale nazir, the ram of the nazir. And he cooks that. After the zrikha sadam, he cooks the shlamim. Uh, and then the kohen notel et hazroa b'shela min ha'ail. A very unusual gift for the kohen, different from other korbanot, the, the, the Kohen takes the zroah, the shoulder of the, of the ram, after the cooking. Various bread things. He puts them on the hands of the Nazir and he does waving movements with that. And after that, the Nazir is now permitted to drink wine and to, to come into contact with dead bodies. So two things we're going to look at is the Zerah B'Shelah, what is that and what does that mean? And the second thing is, why does the Mishnah say, Hutar HaNazir, the Nazir is allowed to drink wine and be metame. If he's allowed to drink wine and be metame to mate him, he's no longer a Nazir. Why does it even call, why does it call him a Nazir? Well, it calls him a Nazir because the, um, the posik in the Torah, just above, I bring the posik, the posik in the Torah causes him. In addition to the chaze and the shock, which the, which the, um, Kohen gets from, from any shlomim, those are the gifts to the, to the Kohen, the, the, the breast and the, uh, and and the and the, oh, the the leg that the kohen gets. In addition to that, he gets the zroa b'shela vacha yishte hanazir yain, and then the nazir. The Torah calls him a nazir, even after this. He's no, although he's no longer a nazir, the nazir can drink wine. If he's drinking wine, he's not a nazir. Um, and the, the Foshim say it's talking about what he was, he who was a Nazir, but it's still a strange use of the word, so we'll have a look at that. Rashi on our Mishnah says, Ikilamandama, what is the Zroah B'Shelai? One says that there are two Mandamas in Masech Techulin, on Daftzadi Ches. One says B'Shelai means Shleimat, it's a form, and, and Hirsch explains the grammar of that, why B'Shelai could, could mean Shleimat. It means uh, in, in a whole form. And there's another view in the Masechta that it's cooked together with the ayl. So, and he gets this piece after the cooking. Now, this creates an important challenge for Kashrus. Is, is this Roa B'Shela kosher? Well, it's kosher for the Kohen, but it, can, the, can the owner eat it? It's part of the matnat kuna. It belongs to the kohen. The owner is not allowed to eat it, but it's been cooked. So now, what about the rest of the of the aisle? It's all been cooked with the zroa b'shelai in it. Why doesn't it make the whole thing treif? So the Gomorrah in Chulin learns from this pasuk the din of bitul. 
That's, we, that's one of the sources that we have for Beetle. And there's a machlokas, is it Beetle Beshishim or Beetle Bemeya? Do you need 100 parts or 60 parts? But the idea of Beetle Beshishim, we learn from this Gemara, that although the, the Zerah Beshela doesn't belong, in, it's not kosher for the owner. The ordinary Israel who's bringing the korban, he can't eat the Zerah Beshela. It has to be given to the Kohen. But it's cooked together with his meat and the whole pot is kosher. Why? Because it's bottle. So what's the halachic question now? Yeah, bitl b'shishim works b'dieved, but not b'chatchila. You can't put milk into a meat pot and say, I'm putting in less than a 60, so it's okay. You can't do it to l'chatchila. You're only, if it happened, that milk filled into the meat pot or tray filled into the kosher pot and there's less than 60 and, the, and there's nothing physical there, just taste, then you're allowed to eat it. But you're not allowed to do that l'chatchila. So why does the Torah allow him to cook the, the ram together with the piece that belongs to the Kohen, then to give the Kohen his piece and to eat the rest. Why is that kosher? Explains the Nitziv, the Hamek Dover, the Nitziv from Velozhin. This is to teach you that the Nazir has got stature, not just status. He's got the stature of a Kohen. He doesn't have the status of a Kohen, so he can't work in the Beis Hamikdash. But he's got the stature of a Kohen. After these 30 days of being separated from society and dedicated to Hashem, he's changed his stature. He's a different kind of a person. He can't serve in the Beis Hamikdash. Although Bitul is only allowed Bidi'evid in the case of all other Isurim, here he's allowed to do it l'chadchile. Why? Because he has the din of a kohen. So for him, you look at the Zorah B'Shay and say, oh, you're not allowed to eat this. This belongs to a kohen. Says the Nazir, I'm a kohen. I'm a kohen that isn't allowed to work in the base Hamikdash. I don't have the status of a kohen, but I have the stature of a kohen. Having done what I've done for 30 days, I've transformed myself into a different being. And therefore, even though Bitul only works B'dievid in all other cases, in this case, I'm, I can, I can be, rely on the Bitul L'chadchila. She'itbatel kudushat shuman azroa chilek ha-kohen bevasar ha-ayl, that the fat of the zroa that, that gets absorbed by the rest of the ayl becomes bottle, v'hanazir yochlenu, and the nose is allowed to eat, it explains the Nitziv. The... Um, What's interesting is the Gemara and Mevov, right after our Mishnah, talks about the Machlokas Rabbi Loza and the Chachomim, where the Chachomim says that this, the, the Nazi is actually allowed to drink wine, achar yechidi, even after there's just been the sprinkling of the blood from the first Korban, before all this, the, the waving and everything. So he's already ois Nazi, the status of Nazi stopped already a while back. Hours ago or minutes ago, the status of the Nazi stopped. And yet, we learn, says the, says the Nitziv, he's allowed to rely on bitul lechatchila of, the, of this, this piece of meat that he's not allowed to eat, but mixed up in his meat, it's okay. Why? Because he still has the stature of a Kohen. He doesn't have the status of a Kohen anymore. He doesn't have the status of a Nazir anymore. But he has the stature of a Kohen. It's as if he's a Kohen. So we see this being introduced here. The uh, Rabbi Shimshon Rafal Hirsch goes into the beautifully in, in, into a piece um, where he talks about the meaning of this. Of this, um, and he says the Ha'evdel she'ben Chazev v'shok le'ben Zroa b'shela. 
What is the difference between the, the chazeh and the shok? Those pieces that you always give the kohen from every shlomim before you cook it, before you do anything that belongs to him, and the zra'a b'shelai which you give to him after the cooking? He says, because the whole idea is that a shlomim is the chekdishu et machshavtam vidrayonam, which is the chazeh. The chazeh is one's thought, it's the heart, the breast. So your thoughts and feelings you give to the kohen, dedicating to Hashem. And shifatam, the shock is one's ambitions, uh, one's desires, one's goals. That's the shock. You give that to the kohen. The Torah Hashem am so that you're dedicating your your ideas, your thinking, and your ambitions. So this is an emotional thing. It's not about the physical, the physicality. The physicality is the is the the korban itself. But giving these pieces, you're dedicating your goals, your ambitions, and your thoughts to Hashem. And that's the Zorah B'Shela, which is given to the Kohen. Um, the Zorah, however, he says, is the shoulder is the limb that generates strength in the animal. So this is now getting into the physical strength. We've thought about one's mental ideas, one's emotional feelings, and now we're talking about the physical strength. That's why we always talk about Zroa as a, as a limb of power. So once again, it's to show that all the power that Hashem gives us is dedicated to the fulfillment of the Torah. Our, our physical energy has to be an energy of the Torah. And it's interesting what, what energy of the Torah means. One gets energized by the Torah. It's not just energy for the Torah. It's that one energy, one's energy comes from the Torah. When you sit and you learn early in the morning before your day starts, it gives you a certain quality of energy that follows you throughout the day in everything that you do. That's the Zroah. That's giving that Zroah to, to the Kohen. And he says, and this takes place after the shaving. After he shaved and removed the signs of his social isolation, then he comes into this without isolation. But now he joins up with society in the Beis Hamikdash. He works together with the Kohanim and, and is, is a part of the Kohanim and the Zroah and the Lichayim and all, all of that. And only by being a part of society can all of this have Kedusha. So now he's re-entering the, the world of social interaction and he's dedicating himself within society to, to Hashem. It's all fine to be a Nozer, to be separate from society and you dedicate to Hashem, that's all fine and easy. But to be part of society, the idea of re-entry now is you bring those that elevated being of Nazirut into your social interaction. It's not that you continue isolated. Now you interact with society. You're part of society. But you're part of a society as a Nazir with the status of a Nazir. You're a changed human being. And you bring that change into society. 
after Yom Kippur, we bring our new feelings into our social interaction, into the way we engage with people. After Shabbos, we bring the Kedushat Shabbat into our social interactions with people. After we've learned Torah in the morning and we've daven Shachris, we bring everything that we've got, that energy, into the way we interact with people. That's what the Nozir is learning how to do here. And that's why with the, the Tnufah, it's up and down and left and right. It's like we do with the Lulav, with the Lulav and Esrog, the Abraminium and Sukkot. It's to show our engagement and involvement in the universe. But as a Nazir, as somebody who maybe has lost his status, I don't have the status of a Nazir, but I still have the stature of a Nazir. And that idea, the Ketav Kabbalah writes on the, on the Posuk in Parshish Nassau, the Ketav Kabbalah bridged the, the 18th and the 19th century. He was the second half of the 18th century and the first half of the 19th century. So he saw the whole start of the Enlightenment period and the start of the Reform Movement. And he and the Malbim and later Rabshimshan Rafael Hirsch all wrote their works as, uh, as, as tools to oppose the Reform Movement. And his purpose, as was the Malbim and Rabshimshan Rafael Hirsch, was to demonstrate the inextricable link between Torah Shabal Peh and Torah Shabichdav the written work in the world and the, and the oral world. Because what does reform do? It attacks the rabbinic laws. It attacks the Talmud. It attacks the Gemara and, and the Medrash. And their role was to show that they're inseparable. And that's why he calls it Aktava Kabbalah. Aktav is Tereshebichtav and Kabbalah is Tereshebalpeh. And he's, the Aktava Kabbalah is designed to show that they're together. And on these words, Yishteh HaNazir and this is Rabbi Yaakov Mecklenburg, HaNazir Nosav Ki Achrei Milat Yemei Nizro Einenu Nazir Ot. Why does it say Hanazir? Why does the Posuk say, and our Mishnah calls him a Nazir? He's not a Nazir anymore. If his Nazirus was absolutely L'Shem Shemayim, to, to sacrifice his ego, as we discussed, uh, in, in the way that he puts his hair into the fire and all the, all the Dine Nazirus, he separates from society, sacrifices his ego. That's all the Shem Shemaim. Tisha'er lo ha-prishut min bekinyan. He has acquired the habit. It's become part of him to be a Nazir in his approach, in the way he lives. He doesn't have the status of a Nazir. He doesn't have the halachot of a Nazir. But he's a Nazir as a human being. That's the quality of person he is. And even after his period of nausea, and after he once again engages in social interaction and has a l'chaim with his friends, that, that stature of nazirut is attached to him and will not leave him. If it was l'shem shamayim, this wasn't just a 30-year experiment, a 30-day experiment. This was actually a process to transform who he is. And we know that, that today a lot of people, there's a lot of research to say, if you do something consistently every day for 30 days, it becomes a habit. Uh, and that's, that's part of what it is. If one learns, that's the, the importance of consistency. If you do something regularly for 30 days, it becomes part of who you are. It's not just a little detour. And so the nazirut is... He has 30 days of changed status where he has different halachas from anybody else. And after the 30 days, he's no longer got the status, but he takes with him the stature. And that's something we need to understand in everything we do in our lives. And think about it with the matmonim. I would like you to not just think about it intellectually during the day, but every day find some way to put it into practice, to put the principle into practice, and, and to just check yourself. Is this an, a, a status issue or is it a stature issue? How can I bring my stature 
of being a ben Torah, a stature of being a Jewish person. How can I bring my stature into the way I engage with the people around me so that they too experience some of that? And it's not just a matter of halachic status, but it's a matter of human stature.